Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are here joined from Down Under by, sorry, sorry, I can't guarantee <laughs> that again, sorry, um, by the lovely Stacey Courtney. Thanks so much for being here, Stacey. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to have you. This has been a long time coming, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I think I messaged you sort of February. Yeah, so, I think yeah, we'd already... We'd already sorted out series four, but we said, look, we'll mm. have you back in series five. So here we are in series five. Yep. Here we are. Come around quick as and well. What, what time is it where you are? Um, what time is it? 3.30 in the afternoon. Oh, okay. That's sort of not antisocial then. No. <laughs> That's not too bad at all, actually. Why did I think it was so much different? Because you think of Australia. What time is it there? At half eight. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Well, Stacey, perhaps let's start at the at the beginning and you can um, tell everyone how and why you came to be in this shitty, horrible, brilliant, cool gang. Yeah. <laughs> um, where do I start? So my husband and I, Aaron, um, we were doing IVF last year. Um, sort of I'd had a lot of infertility problems um, for a number of years and we decided to do IVF last year. Um, we did one round, um, so we did like a full collection and everything like that, and then we did one cycle, um, and I fell pregnant um, on that first first go. So we were incredibly lucky in that respect. Um, pregnancy wasn't wasn't easy for me. Um, I was incredibly sick with morning sickness. Um, I struggle already with sort of pre existing mental illness, and so. I was having sort of a lot of anxiety about was something going to happen to my baby? Um, was was I going to be able to cope with motherhood? Mm. Um, sort of. So it was really, really tough. And I, I really struggled in the beginning to actually connect with my pregnancy. Um, everything sort of apart from the sickness and the anxiety and things was, was generally pretty good. Um, we did our NIP tests. So sort of for Down syndrome and things like that, and that was all all normal. Um, everything 
was fine. And then we went for our 14-week scan and that's sort of where everything started to change, I guess. I mean, when you have those tests done, you sort of think, unless you've had complications later in pregnancy, that's, that's you think you're home and dry, right? Yeah, you may think you Oh, yeah. Is that 12-week scan in, so is it a 14-week scan in, in the in um, it was no, it's still twelve week scan. I think so. My husband works away, so he works sort of um, away from home, and just it was over sort of the Christmas New Year period, um, and so just it's just the way it worked out that it ended up being a little bit longer, yes. um, which we weren't too concerned about because, like I said, sort of everything um, up until that point was fine. Um, even though I was incredibly sick with morning sickness, I'd sort of been reading, oh, you know, that's like a good a good sign, like if you're yeah. sick. Um, so yeah, we weren't too concerned that it sort of was a little bit longer than that 12 weeks. So it's actually it, here it's 12, to, it's a 12 to 14 week scan. That's when they have to oh, okay. have it between 12 and 14 weeks. But I think mm-hmm. they're very good at getting it at around the 12 week mark. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's quite, it's common here as well for it to be yeah that late. Like that's, that's not, not normally any concern. Yeah. So, so what happened mm-hmm. when you went for that scan? Um, so we went, we went for that 14 week scan and it was sort of, um, it was meant to be just, I suppose, a check-in, um, that our obstetrician was going to have a look at the baby, um, and just make sure that sort of everything matched up with the, the results that we did have, like the NIP test, make sure sort of all limbs were there and, and just make sure I was generally in good health, um, so, yeah, we went in and sort of he went through the results and it was all all good. And then he's like, I'll jump up and we'll, we'll, have, we'll have a look at um, baby. And we're like, oh, okay. And this was my first pregnancy. Um, and so we are quite excited to sort of see the baby. And um, we sort of, he just started doing the scan and he's just like, oh, bladder's quite full. That's okay. Like got a quite full bladder. Your bladder, um, my baby's bladder. No, the baby's bladder. Oh. So the baby's bladder was quite full. Um, and he's, the obstetrician was like, oh, um, oh, it's a bit unusual, but, you know, maybe maybe we've just caught baby, sort of maybe he hasn't been to the toilet, like, you know. And he sort of, he was quite, um, he didn't seem too concerned. So mm. we were just sort of like, oh, uh, kind of was like a little joke. We were like, oh, of course, you know, like hasn't gone to the toilet. Um, and he sort of said, look, I, I will send you for a more in-depth scan um, and just get them to, to have a look because it can be concerning when the baby has a full bladder. He's like, but I'm sure it's nothing. Like we'll just do this referral and, and we'll go from there. So we sort of left that appointment being like, oh, okay. Like, oh, look, it doesn't sound too concerning. Like I'm sure he would have said if it was was super concerning. Um yeah, I and guess the he, bonus of having an yeah. extra scan is quite nice. So you, you, for me, I would if he hadn't been concerned, I'd have been like, "Oh, great! I get to see the baby again." Mm, yeah, so we were just sort of, yeah, it, it didn't at that point didn't sound um, too concerning um, until I suppose I got home and you know this was a was a Friday, and he'd sort of said to me, "Oh, within the next week, like go have another scan," um, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, like no worries." And then over the weekend, I got a phone call from um, like the the ultrasound place where I live and they sort of said, oh, we've we've got this urgent referral from your doctor um, to come in and have a scan. And I was like, oh, he said that I could come in anytime within the next week. And the girl was like, oh, no, like he's marked it as urgent, like you need to come in. 
That's so she's so like, you can come in first thing Monday. That don't you think that I th- I just think that to to not give you that information to make it sound mm. what what was he hoping to do? It's just not fair. It's not fair. It's your I, yeah. baby. You should have been made aware that it was an urgent referral. Because I get I get that there's no the the urgency, there's no point in causing you stress if it's not warranted. But if he's made an urgent referral, there was obviously something that flagged up. And you deserve to know that because that's your mm. body. Yeah, I don't know if um I don't know whether it would have um eased anxiety or, or made it even worse at that point to know that it, he sort of had done it as an urgent referral. Mm. Um I think me already sort of with my anxiety and things like that, like I jumped straight on Dr. Google and was sort of, oh, what does it mean when baby hasn't gone to the toilet? What does it mean when baby's got a large bladder? Like what could it be? And I sort of stumbled across um, like worst case scenarios and I came, everything I was reading was like, oh, it's incredibly rare. It's incredibly rare. And I sort of said to my husband, I was like, oh, no, like I will probably go and he's like gone to the toilet. It'll be fine. Um. And so sort of we weren't too concerned and over that weekend we actually decided that we'd announce that I was pregnant. Um, probably in hindsight, in hindsight it, it might have, I don't know, it's one of, I'm in two minds. Part of me feels like perhaps we should have waited until we knew exactly what we were dealing with but then the other part of me is very much like well, I don't agree with waiting until a certain time frame like if you want to share that news you yeah. should be able to share that whenever you want so in between having those two scans we announced that we were pregnant and sort of a lot of people knew my infertility struggles and um, everyone was you know super excited and um, so that kind of lifted the mood a little bit as well and then we went into that scan on the Monday and we where I live in Australia had been sort of relatively untouched by COVID um but we sort of our borders had opened and so they'd started putting um protocols in place so Aaron couldn't come into the ultrasound with me um but like I said at that stage we weren't too concerned um so we went into I went into the ultrasound and I had the most lovely um lady doing the ultrasound and she sort of was having a look and she was running through all baby's limbs and everything like this. And um, at that stage, we knew that we were having a boy um, because we'd, we'd planned not to find out. Um, but then there was sort of a mistake in the paperwork and our obstetrician um, wrote it in the report for the referral that she'd given, that he'd given me. And it stated that it was a, a male <laughs> And I was just Aww. like, oh, okay, cool. So we knew that we were having a boy. And so she was sort of pointing everything out and going through it. She's like, oh, he does have quite an enlarged bladder. And we're like, I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, yep. And she sort of went out of the room really quickly. And she's like, I need, to, I heard her speaking to the receptionist. She's like, we need to send a referral to um, the women's hospital in the capital city here in Perth. And she sort of came back in and said, look, I am going to send you to the hospital, to the maternal fetal medicine specialist, um, just to get sort of a bit more of an idea as to exactly what's going on. Um, and at that point, I think I started to get concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember we had Aaron's got kids from a previous relationship that we have full time and I sort of got back in the car and all they wanted to see was, did I get any pictures of the baby? Like, did I have pictures of the baby? And so I showed them and 
Aaron and I didn't really say much. And then we got home and I think, I, it, like I said, it started to dawn on us that maybe it wasn't sort of okay as we thought it was. Um, yeah. And again, Dr. Google kicked in and, and I ended up ringing the obstetrician's office and they told me to come in and I got a different obstetrician because mine, mine wasn't there that day. And this obstetrician was sort of just like, oh, look, um, just go like and see what see what they say and you know it could be could be okay blah blah blah. and I just sort of went oh look it's I've I've been reading like it's really really uncommon isn't it I said like it to be worst case scenario I said baby might be born and from what I've read there could could sort of be urinary problems down the track and she was just like oh yeah and I said oh but you know worst case scenario of having to terminate a pregnancy like that that's not really something I need to consider is it and she just sort of looked at me and she was just like oh it is like that could be what you're looking at and I just sort of remember sitting there just like oh wow like I didn't actually think that that was a possibility I think I yeah. still whilst it had dawned on us that it was quite serious we were also sort of a, like optimistic and like oh no like it'll be okay I'm sure there's things that they can do um and sort of, yeah, from then we had another appointment at the hospital and sort of it all started to go from there. So how long did you have to wait to go to the, the women's hospital? Um, how long would it? Probably would have only been a few days between okay. having that sort of more specialised scan That's and then good. going to see see our um, the doctor we saw at the women's hospital was the head of maternal fetal medicine in, in WA where I live and, um, we saw her at her private practice and Aaron and I went and again we were sort of um, we still had that sense of optimism we were like no no like even if it is worst case scenario like I'm sure there's things that they can do and we went into the scan and sort of as soon as she started scanning me she sort of you could tell that her demeanor sort of changed and she just said yep baby's blood is incredibly full um she kind of kept scanning and she started talking to us about what that could possibly be and um different outcomes like best worst case um sort of scenarios and things and then we were kind of holding it together and then I remember she just said look um there's not a whole lot that we can do in pregnancy um in Australia I don't know what it is it's like in other parts of the world, but in Australia, for what they suspected, our son Sonny had um, a lower urinary tract obstruction. They don't really do anything. Um, they've sort of, they're under the impression, the doctors here, that trying to intervene um, during pregnancy does sort of, it sometimes does more harm than good and it doesn't offer um, I suppose long-term benefits mm. um, and it's kind of too hard and so she sort of said look there's not a lot that we can do um, she said go away and come back in two weeks when you get to about 16 weeks she said if it's going to get better and it is a blockage but if it's going to get better and miraculously it sort of bursts open and, and it's okay um, she said we'll know by 16 weeks um, but she said, oh, best God. case scenario is that your baby will be born um, and he'll have 
sort of urinary problems for life. Um, he might need, if it's affected his kidneys, um, it might he might need sort of kidney transplants. And then, of course, with a baby so young, it's not as easy as sort of doing that straight away. Um, she said another option is that you might go full term. She said that because my amniotic fluid was so incredibly low already, um, she said you might give birth and his lungs and things will be underdeveloped. She said so he wouldn't last. He wouldn't last long. And then she sort of said the the worst case scenario is that you will have to decide to interrupt your pregnancy and you will have to make a decision whether to continue or not. And that sort of, I remember as soon as she said that, like I just, I just broke down. Um, it, that was sort of the first time that I'd really thought, wow, like that's that could potentially be what we have to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had to go away for two weeks. And what did you we... do? Like, how did you how do you begin to cope in those two weeks with that sort of knowing that that all mm. lay ahead of you? Um, it was so hard. Um, it was it was absolute torture. Um, we I remember we we got in the car and we both just sort of broke down in the car on the way home. Like I said, it, it dawned on us that okay, like we're we're probably going to have to terminate. And I suppose the way that the doctor had sort of put it, she'd said to us, she's like, this is one of the most severe cases that I've seen. Um, she said she didn't expect it to get better. Um, she said out of all the pregnancies that she sees in Western Australia, she said sort of she doubts that she'd see a case that severe sort of again for a long period of time. She sort of said one in like 34,000 pregnancies. Um, so we sort of came out of that appointment knowing that the chance, mm. like we were going to have to make that decision. And so the next two weeks were just agony. Um, we went home, like I said, we have Aaron's kids full time. Um, so trying to navigate that two weeks with them as well was was really difficult. Did you did you talk to them about it? Did you did you let on in that two weeks? They knew that I was pregnant. Um, they knew quite early on that I was pregnant because of how sick that I was. It was really difficult to hide from them mm. that I was vomiting all day every day. Yeah. So when we knew we'd have to make that decision, um, we didn't tell them straight away. We probably let it go for about a week. And then it just got too hard because they were so excited and they're like, oh, when are you going to see the baby again? Like, I can't wait for my baby brother and what are we going to call him? And it just oh, got God. to the point where Aaron and I, every time they mentioned the baby, um, we were starting to get the point where we were just like shutting them down. We were like, yeah. no, don't want to talk about it. How yeah. old so are they? We'd so have so. to say something. Uh, they were eight. So they're eight-year-old okay. twins. Okay oh and at that point during that two weeks did you I know that you said you you made the announcement that you were expecting did you tell any of your close friends and family what the diagnosis was yeah um so we did we told um my parents um they live in a different part of Australia and um so we told them um and we told sort of a handful of of our close friends um so yeah, we we did tell people, and and everyone was sort of very optimistic for us. Um, sort of everyone was very hopeful for us, and it was it was really difficult because, like I said, we'd sort of, I think, as soon as we'd had that appointment with the specialist, um, 
we knew that at the end of that two-week period we'd be saying goodbye so it was really difficult when everyone was sort of trying to be really positive and optimistic and and we're taking that on board but at the same time like we know we knew that we were going to have to make that decision Mm. and how did Um, that that go when you went back to them for that that scan um so we went back two weeks later um and the morning of we decide decided that I wanted to go just to sort of a local ultrasound place and and try and get some pictures of the baby um, because I sort of figured we probably weren't going to be able to do that in the clinical setting at the hospital. Um, so we went to an ultrasound clinic and I actually got the same lady who'd done that more specialised second scan with me. And oh, wow. she remembered me and she was she was just like, oh, she's like, oh, so you're back. Like, did you go to the hospital? And, and we just sort of said, yeah, and this is what the outcome was. And we said we're actually going there after here um to see what what needs to happen and so she sort of started scanning me and she was just like okay she said his bladder's still full um she said and she pointed to the screen and she said you see that little little pocket there and I said yeah and she said that's all the fluid you've got left she said you don't have you don't have any amniotic fluid like she said you've got the smallest amount so we left there with our son's heartbeat um, in like a little teddy bear um, and some photos. But we left there going to hospital knowing that, that was it. Mm. So we got to the hospital and met with the doctor and she sort of said, oh, like, how do you feel? And we're just like, look, we already know. Like we had the mm. scan this morning. Um, this is what she said. And she sort of started scanning me and she just said, yeah. She said, you don't have much fluid left at all. Um, by that stage, Sunny's bladder was in sort of size was larger than my bladder um it was so full um she said that she could see where sort of things it's like deformities had started forming because he couldn't move because Mm. I had no fluid um she said his kidneys were incredibly full of what she could only assume were were cysts um and yeah she just said look it's up to you Um, she said but like I think you know sort of what needs to happen and we just sort of we'd already made the decision and we sort of looked at each other and said yeah look yeah we know that we have to we have to do this and we we need to terminate Um, and that was sort of yeah that was incredibly difficult it was really hard yeah we've talked to women before about about the decision making and and the the process as well like it's the process of having to actually go through that that termination and then and then deliver the baby too um how did you how did you cope with that um I don't know (laughs) it was to be honest with you when um it was first mentioned that we would need to that we would potentially need to terminate I'd never heard of women having to terminate for medical reasons like I didn't even know that was a thing um so when I started looking at it and realized that okay I would most likely deliver this baby um I was actually quite happy that I got that choice to -hmm. deliver him and I said to Aaron I was like I want to I want to bring him into this world and for him to have the entrance that he deserves um but I don't think 
the hardest thing that I still struggle with is that um, the fact that you need to sign your name yeah. essentially to, to terminating your baby. Um, that's something that I struggle with and that was incredibly difficult. But the actual sort of day of delivering him, um, whilst it was by far the hardest day that Aaron and myself have ever had to go through, it was also the best day of my life because I got to I got to meet him. Yeah. Um, I always said that when in that two week period, I was sort of going back and forth, being like, "Oh no, um, you kind of wish that maybe maybe I'll miscarriage and this will this will sort of mm. it'll happen naturally and I won't have to make that decision." Um, and I was kind of you wish for that a bit. Um, and then sort of after it all happened and I delivered him, I said to my husband, I was like, I'm so glad that I didn't. I'm so glad that we, I got to deliver him and feel it and have all those feelings and meet him. Um, yeah. And you got to spend some time with him. We did. Yeah. So we, I think I was, I labored with him from 10 o'clock in the morning, I think. And then he was delivered at 4.55 on the 4th of February and sort of we had, um, he was sort of taken away and and we got him back whenever we wanted. Um, So we sort of spent some time with him that night and that was incredibly difficult. Um, And then we stayed overnight in the hospital and then we also got time with him sort of the next day um, before we left. and then sort of he we chose to have sort of the post-mortem done and, and the ashes and so have him cremated and get the ashes and all that. And um, we actually had the opportunity, so that was a Friday, we had the opportunity on the Monday to take um, our other kids, um, the twins, up to meet him, um, which was really, like, really special um, that they got that as well. How did they how did they cope with it? How did they handle it? Um, we'd been quite open with them once we decided to tell them that that something was sort of wrong. Um, we'd been quite open with them that we would have to say goodbye to Sonny. And when it the day that I delivered him, they were sort of with a friend and then we picked them up and and they just wanted to know like could they see? And I said to Aaron, I'm like, look, I want, I want to give them the choice. Like, I don't want to say no and I don't want to just say yes. I was like, I want to give them the choice. So we started by um, I found a picture on the internet of um, like water, um, 18-week-old, um, I suppose, baby would look like. Um, and I found like a model. It was like a clay model or something, but it was pretty realistic. Um, and I sort of showed them that and sort of said, this is how big he'll be. Um, you can see that. Um, like his ears are really small and his his skin will be quite delicate and, and things like that. And they're like, okay, yeah, can I see some pictures? So then sort of I cropped a lot of the pictures that we took with Sunny so that they just saw like his face because um, his little body, because his bladder was so big, his sort of belly was quite um, quite enlarged and skin was all stretched and things. So we sort of started showing them some pictures that, I suppose, weren't too graphic. Um, and so that they're like, yep, 
and we said, would you like to meet him? And, and they said yes. And so when we took them up, our son just froze. Like he just completely froze. He didn't know what to do. Um, he wanted to hold him, but he was so afraid that he would drop him or that he'd hurt him. So we put him in back in his little basket and he held him. And then our daughter, she just she just would have held him all day if we had a letter. Um, she was so, in the photos that we took, you can see where she goes from so happy and so excited to it dawns on her that mm. he's not coming home. And we'd been there for a sort of a couple of hours at this point. And I said to Aaron, I'm like, you need to call it because I'm not going to say it. we need to go home. Like I'd stay here forever. And so he sort of said, okay, we're ready to leave and got the chaplain to sort of organise to take Sunny. And I just remember having to drag our daughter out like she she didn't want to leave um and that out of everything is probably one of the the hardest things um was that I was by that point I suppose I didn't want to leave but I'd sort of had time to to process in in my head that he wasn't coming home but I think it really didn't hit her until we had to leave him there um so, yeah, it was, it was very, very hard. Um, but we sort of always said to them that he will always be part of our family um, and we've sort of got photos and, and bits and pieces to remember him by. So, yeah, I'm just so glad that they got to meet him. Yeah, that's pretty special. How, how are they now and how are you now? Um, they're, they're good. Um, they sort of talk about Sunny um, often. They've got bears and, and Charlotte's got like a little necklace with a picture of him and her in it and we associate sunflowers with Sunny and so um, our son's obsessed with Lego. So we found like the Lego sunflowers and so they're, they're doing well. Um, Aaron and I, I think there's still a lot of stigma with men talking about their grief, particularly when it comes to, to baby loss and yeah. so I think he struggles struggles a little bit. Um, me, I have days, um, good and bad. I think of sort of grief, it's like it's like the waves, like it's always there. Um, some days the waves are sort of, they'll knock you over and sort of they'll appear out of nowhere and then other days it's sort of they're there but they're sort of just like gently lapping. Um, but I've found great um, comfort in the baby loss community um, that sort of I found online Australia and overseas um, and I really think that that has helped a lot knowing that I'm not the only one that has had to, to do this. I'm not the only one that's had to make that decision. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's good days and bad days. Um, due date was incredibly hard. Mother's Day was hard. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, Stacey, I'm so sorry for everything that you and your family have been through. It's just thank you. so unfair. It's so unfair. And your story is just so, like, beautiful, the way that, you know, you, you've, the way that you talk about Sunny and your other children is just so special. And I'm so pleased that you were able to find that beauty in such a heartbreaking, devastating situation. Um, God. 
what does the future hold for you, Stacey? Are you are you uh, embarking on treatment again, or is that something that's been put on hold for now? Yeah, um, no. So we are. Um, I actually had um, a frozen embryo transfer yesterday. Um, oh, wow! So currently back in that two week wait, different two week wait, um, which is giving me crazy anxiety because ever since that waiting period with Sunny, every time that sort of there's a way to a decision to be made it's just like yeah really triggering um so yeah we're just sort of in that period and wait and see what happens but even that it's that's brought up a lot of a lot of different emotions because it's different this time um that naivety that you sort of have going into IVF or even just trying to conceive naturally that naivety is gone and I kind of feel ripped off that I'm not having that same experience that I had the first time um so that's something that from what I hear is incredibly common um mate I think you were ripped off anyway having to do fertility treatment (laughs) in the first place is being ripped off isn't it It just to have to go through that on top of it it's just it's just not fair well I wish you so much luck yeah, thank do, you. Do keep Hope everything goes well. Yeah, definitely. And thank you so much for um, letting me share a little bit and, and for the community that you guys have built as well. Like I said, it really does. It really does help. So There's a lot to be said for being surrounded by people who actually understand it. And just being able to share, just being able to tell the story of your beautiful baby is so valuable in your story. It's going to help so many people. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much and all the best. Look after yourself and do let us know how you get on. (laughs) I will. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stacey. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. (laughs) 